Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave, uh, one of the pastors, and again with me this week on our last week of the prayer series is both Paul and Chris. How are you doing, guys? Doing well. Yeah. 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 Back again. Back again, talking about prayer again. Yeah. Uh, we are deeper down the rabbit hole. Um, got to talk about all kinds of fun stuff on Sunday. Chris, why don't you give us a little recap? Yeah, we are uh, continuing to work through these four movements of prayer. Uh, and so this week in particular, we're talking about this theme of being with God and, and kind of sitting silently with God, uh, listening, um, and, and us being quiet as well. And we were looking primarily at a passage in 2 Corinthians. And in that passage, it talks about contemplating the Lord's glory. Mm. And it talks about how we are transformed in that. And uh, so we just walked through a little bit of what that looks like. Um, and we talked about how there's some things that get in the way, you know, distraction, a hurry and fear and how those things can sometimes prevent us from really entering into this uh, particular dimension of prayer hmm. um, and just gave people the challenge to begin to incorporate some silence into their daily prayer rhythm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Um, and I and I think challenging, right? I mean, we even practiced a little bit of silence. I'll say the week before we practiced silence, but with a little bit of music, right? We didn't yeah. want to make it too scary. And this week, Paul, you led us in an opportunity to, to actually sit in silence or as, as we do when we sit in silence, hear the, the hum of the HVAC system or, or the other noises around us, right? You become hyper aware of things. Um, and Chris, you pointed out how just distractible we are, how our attention span as people is less than goldfish now. That's, <laughs> that's right. true. It's really, really great. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It makes me feel really good about things. Yeah. Yeah. Science says that uh, the average attention span is about 8.25 seconds mm. and the average attention span of a goldfish is about nine seconds. And so it's just a reminder to us that we're human. And that when yeah. we engage in these practices, our humanness is, is with us in that. And so we talked about that specifically, right? As we are distracted, that instead of feeling guilty about those distractions or, you know, trying to prevent those distractions, just acknowledge that they come mm-hmm. and to allow them to kind of work right through our mind and, and kind of be put to the side as, as that happens so that we can focus on God. I imagine for many people that, you know, that time of silence might've been the first sort of space or moment of silence in anybody's week. Right. Mm. Um, because we so often fill almost everything right until yeah. the very moment our head hits the pillow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I bet for some people it was comforting and it was like wonderful. And I bet for some people it was terrifying and it was full of anxiety and really difficult to get through. I bet there yeah. were people who wanted to get up and leave. I bet, um, there were people who wanted more and this is, again, this is us and it's us in different seasons, right? I, yeah. I know I've, I've felt that too. Um, so how, how do we like, I mean, you, you gave us some of the tools, but like, man, it, to me, like, how, how do I, how do I find the time to practice silence? Or do I just like, do I just like decide I'm going to stop and be like, well, I guess I'm just going to sit here for 30 seconds. Like there's kind of that like initial hurdle of deciding how to do it and making a plan seems right. for me to be the hardest thing. Oh, for sure. That's why we've been focusing so much in this series on learning how to pray together and not mm-hmm. just learning about prayer. You know, we've been able to offer exercises that, uh, you know, people in our congregation can try that we can try. Um, you know, just creating those intentional rhythms in our day. Uh, not easy. I'm not suggesting for one second it is, and I mess it up all the time, but mm. uh, just to engage in that together and be able to evaluate, you know, what's working, what's not working, how am I feeling when I'm doing this, and talk with others about it, uh, that's that's a really helpful step. And so, you know, if someone's listening and they're wondering about that, maybe just engaging with another person is a great way just for that bit of accountability and, and a chance to talk about it. But uh, being intentional about the rhythms is is really, really important for sure. Um, I know I confessed, you know, during the, the message that, you know, it's, it's super 
super hard for me, you know, to have those moments of silence, you know, as you were talking about just any silence really confronts me with anxiety, you know, gets me worrying about my finances, gets me worried about myself or, you know, whatever it is, problems that, you know, I, I see in other people's lives or whatever. And so it can be, it can be really challenging to just have those moments of silence. It can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Is, is it possible that the moments of silence actually reveal, you know, what's going on in our hearts in a way that other things don't? You know, we can ask questions about, you know, what are you worried about or whatever, and you may not be able to answer that question. But then if, you know, spend a few moments in silence and you will start to see where your heart wanders, right? What your head is most concerned about. And I wonder if a mark of growth, spiritual growth would be, you know, those moments of silence get a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And, um, and in those places, you know, this idea of being with God is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable, but I also think it's, uh, it's like a litmus test and it actually tells us something about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is I think it also unlocks something that for many of us we're not experiencing. And that is that God responds and receives all of that worry and fear and self-doubt. Right. You know, right now, you know, we're just kind of stuffing it down by being busy or by constantly, you know, you know, consuming media or whatever it is. And all that stuff is still there, Mm. but to actually have an opportunity to let it rise up. Yes. And feel uncomfortable, but then to offer that to God, who we believe is our creator and sustainer. Um, and then to allow him to take those worries and cares and, and bear them for us or respond. Um, I think that is something that's beautiful and it's a gift. And for me anyway, a lot of times I'm missing out on that because I'm not choosing to engage in this practice of prayer that includes silence yeah. um, and sitting, sitting in the presence of God. I can think of like a mini example in, in my life, you know, in my relationship with my wife, there are times when let's say there's something that's really weighing heavily on me for whatever reason, something's going on in, in my life or whatever. And I come into, you know, I see my wife, she comes home from school and she has her own concerns that she starts to bring to the table. Hmm. So I choose in that moment, I don't think I'm going to bring this to her right now. Probably not the, not the best time. It's interesting in my, how you sort of hold on to that. And it kind of weighs you down as you sort of go through life and do the dishes and live and, you know, have dinner and all that kind of stuff until that moment where you feel, okay, now it's time I can share and you sort of share it. And it's like, wow, like how long have you been holding on to that? Right. And mm. I, I find that that, like that to me is kind of a picture of sometimes what we do is we hold on to this stuff and then we don't want to bring it into the light of day or into the presence of the Lord. And so in that we actually carry this weight around with us that maybe we don't even really recognize at first. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think it has to do with our view of God as well. Like if we think that God is like this judgmental, angry person who wants to scold us for every bad thought and feeling, Hmm. you know, I think we're even less likely to bring that stuff, you know? So there's kind of two things at play. There's just the distractions of the world and the things around us in our lives. And then there's kind of our, our view of God and, um, you know, that's something that can be slowly changed as well as we kind of lean into this practice and embrace him. Yeah. And we do like, we live in an age of distraction, right? And, And we live in an age, I know I find myself often when I find things that are insufficient in, in my own world, in my own life, I kind of have one of two reactions. And, and one is to like try to lean into something like this, the Sabbath, the silence, the, the kind of like peace and slowing down. And the other, which I way more often go to is like, well, I just need a better tool. I need something that works better. Like I need a, I need a better system. I need, I need something. Um, it reminds me, I read a, read a great book uh, earlier. I think it's called 
4,000 weeks and it's a product management productivity guru who basically like, I don't, I don't think he's a Christ follower, but quoted the Proverbs among other things in Ecclesiastes and was like, listen, you're never going to get through your to-do list. The solution isn't actually better systems and better tools. The solution is coming to terms with the fact that you were limited mm -hmm. and like slowing down enough. Um, and I think there's that, that call in this, like, and, and I want to, I want to talk a little bit about this. So, so we, this is our second practice series, um, in some ways, very similar to our first one, which was Sabbath. Yeah. And I think a lot of people really, um, yeah, found something about that compelling and, and challenging. And I think we all kind of feel that busyness. And so there was this big felt need in, in the Sabbath series. And I, I, even in my own life, I've kind of wanted to believe the same about the prayer series, but there's part of me, I think that thinks, well, I've kind of got prayer figured out and it's a little bit scarier. There's something that I'm like, especially when it comes to this contemplative prayer, I'm like, do I, I mean, yes, I want to hear the voice of God, but do I really want to hear the voice of God? Is it, is it just going to invite me into more risk and more like uncomfort and like, ah, uh, maybe, maybe I'm okay staying over here and distracted. So how, how do you, how would you respond to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked on Sunday just briefly, you know, I, I'd mentioned that John Mark Comer describes uh, contemplative prayer as like a portable Sabbath. Yeah. So there is this opportunity to, to receive rest and, and can the connection uh, with God that we can take with us anywhere that we go on any day of the week. Um, but you're totally right. I mean, I think the Sabbath series, you know, people are just feeling exhausted. They're feeling overwhelmed and worn out. So this idea of rest seems so uh, necessary mm -hmm. and welcome. With prayer, we're a little more familiar. And I think in some ways, with the concept of prayer anyway. Right. And we've learned a lot about prayer. and We've heard lots of sermons on prayer. And so I think there's kind of a bit of a a barrier there in terms of thinking, okay, we've got that one figured out. So mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason why we might feel differently. I also think that, um, you know, the felt need is just a bit different. Like you've said, you know, for me, uh, improving my prayer practice is really a, a result of me saying, wow, like I, I just want a deeper connection with God. Hmm. I, I, I deeply want to know uh, his faithfulness and, and, and be assured of his presence. Um, and so that for me is very helpful. I'm also trying to deal with the fact that Jesus talked about prayer in ways that were pretty radical, mm. like pray this and stuff's going to happen. Um, and so I've always struggled with that or even phrases like pray without ceasing. I'm like, okay, well that's impossible. So, you know, uh, so I think yeah. this conversation around prayer, this idea of listening and the idea of contemplation and things like that has really helped me to reframe my thinking about prayer. Uh, it's, it's, it's not just the need to ask more stuff, um, but it's actually this need, deep need I have to be with God and be seen by him and be loved by him. And I think that's uh, there in all of us. Um, and so I think, I think in that sense, there's something really powerful about it for sure. I mean, one of the things we talked about on Sunday too, is that prayer is not just, you know, a way to get these outcomes that are desired, but it's actually a way to, to get God, to have God, to experience God, um, and be with him. And so right. that's really the main goal. So I think for those that are kind of feeling like, wow, like I've been a Christian my whole life, but I just, I don't feel this intimacy, intimacy with God that I hear talked about, or, mm. you know, I've always wrestled with God's love or things like that. This practice in particular, among others, would be a way to begin to explore some of that and break down some of those things. Yeah, but I, and I would also say though to call out, you know, let's just be clear. I think I think the felt need here is is not as strong because 
it's not as evident. And I, I believe that, you know, there's a spiritual battle going on and the evil one doesn't want us to, to, to move towards prayer. Mm. And, and so I think that a lot, like there are some of us who feel, oh, I wish that I had a more intimate relationship with Jesus, but there are probably many more of us who would say, like, what's the point? Mm. I don't need that. You know, everything is going pretty well on my own right now. Sure. And mm. so I have, I, I think you're right. The, the difference between the Sabbath series and this series has been remarkable in the sense that everybody wanted to engage in the Sabbath and there was lots of great conversation. Prayer is a little bit more tricky. And, and I think it, it speaks more to the second thing that you were saying with the, you know, the passages where Jesus says, just ask and you'll receive and all this stuff. And, you know, there are people who are facing terrible things right now and they just want so badly for God to change their situation or, you know, even asking God for good things and all this stuff. It just, it, it, you know, prayer is difficult because in some ways it's, it's, it's just so challenging because our experience is so different. Um, than what, than what Jesus talked about. But, but I would say one of the things that was most interesting for me is that this, these four sort of dimensions of prayer or layers or, you know, whatever, however you want to describe them. Um, to me, this fourth dimension is the thing that's missing most for us because we see prayer as much as we understand a whole bunch of different things. Prayer changes me, all this stuff. It's still transactional. It's like, I'm going to God because I want to see something done. And I think that as much as, you know, being with God is, is about bringing everything in the open to God. It's also about inviting God into the everyday. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think a really big, um, you know, change for us. For me, one of the, the biggest changes in my own prayer life was the introduction of sort of these breath prayers where, um, where if, before I went into a meeting, I would just acknowledge God's presence as I went into that meeting, you know, and, or, and, and it's just a quick sentence, a quick thought, a quick, a quick comment that reminds me of God's presence in the middle of it. And I think that in and of itself is a way of, of inviting God into, you know, our experiences and being with God in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well said. So, so let's pause a little bit on these breath prayers. And I know this isn't, <laughs> this isn't necessarily, um, contemplative prayer, but I do think there's kind of a, a doorway here into contemplative prayer. Cause we can, yeah. we can have these either phrases or ideas that we go back to and we repeat, uh, that are really simple or really familiar. Um, so like I'm, I'm thinking it could be, could be scripture passages. We know it could be song lyrics. We know often based on scripture passages yeah. could be truths. We understand from scripture, um, that we just, we come back to time and time again in our day and, and even in and around our, our time of silence. So yeah, you- I, I would, and, and I think I'll leave this to Chris to respond, but I, I think that Chris would, would, would agree that breath prayers are very much a part of contemplative prayer yeah. because, you know, as soon as you enter into a time of silence, you start thinking about the laundry, you start thinking about mm-hmm. guests coming over, you start thinking about, you know, whatever else has to happen. And so breath prayers are a good way of kind of reminding us of, um, you know, sort of bringing us back into, uh, you know, the reason that we're in, you know, in that moment of silence in the first place. So I don't know, maybe you can kind of give us some, some yeah. pointers as to what is, a, what is a breath prayer? Yeah. Like, what does that exactly look like? <laughs> well, I think what you're talking about, I think, is just like a sentence prayer or something that would, you know, 
just put our attention on God, you know? So before I walk into that meeting, whatever, when I wake up in the morning, God help me to make the most of this day or be with me today, or like some of those things, those sentence prayers. Um, and I think that can be even uh, simplified more. Like I was talking in the message yesterday about, you know, if we're engaging in some silence and we're, we're feeling distracted, there may be like even just a word or a couple of words that we would say, um, maybe just saying the name of Jesus or Holy Spirit or, you know, welcome Holy Spirit or mm. help me God to listen or whatever, you know, things like that, um, that would just refocus us and allow those distractions to just be, I don't know the right language, but just allow them to continue on down the, down the stream, yeah. you know, and for us to be recentered. I mean, we talked about the, that quote, uh, I feel, is it Merton? I can't remember, but you know, that, that if you get distracted 10,000 times or, you know, that's 10,000 more opportunities to bring your mind back to Christ. And, you know, that's something that's really stuck with me that I've, I've read in the past. And, and I've actually been thinking about that during my moments of silence when it's mm. happening in real time, you know, and I, and I'm trying to do that. And I know for me, like that idea of the breath prayer or those words, it actually felt kind of weird. Like when I was doing it at first, I was a little uncomfortable with it because, mm. I don't, I don't know it, whether it seems sacrilegious or something about it just didn't fit kind of my tradition or kind of the experiences that I had or the things people had taught me. But, you know, the more that I've embraced it and just allowed myself to be okay with that, I recognize that it's really helpful and uh, really good for, for refocusing. And so I think any, any, any ways you want to experiment with that, like you say, a scripture, mm. you know, just a simple name of God or, or a phrase or a song or something can be really helpful. I mean, yesterday too, remember, like I talked about this uh, idea of like con- contemplation kind of being like the time after the meal or like a memory mm-hmm. of a meal, you know, mm-hmm. so it's this idea of savoring something. And so I think in that sense, you know, singing a song or reading a scripture passage can be a great beginning to a time of contemplation, you know, where there's something that's been put into our minds, you know, maybe a characteristic of God or, and then, and then after that, just to sit silently and just allow that to ruminate a little bit can be really good too. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something, um, yeah, there's something about the repetition of, of that, which is a helpful thing in contemplation. I know for some people, even in the songs we sing, right? Like repetition can be a wonderfully helpful thing or a very distracting thing. Sure. Um, which I think often says as much about us as it does about what's happening, um, and where we're at. And, and not that we should just be repeating everything all the time, of course, but, um, there's, there's something. And I, and I have found like, uh, one of the ways that I practice contemplation is actually writing songs. Um, because coming, coming to an idea and, and ruminating in that idea and like having I mean, songs. I typically, when I write, I, I find the hook as quickly as I can or kind of the core idea and just like spend time with that. And then like, I'll come back to it and spend another half hour with it and like go over what I know and like find related things. And it's, it's a little bit different cause I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a task. I'm working on writing a song, but, but there's kind of the same kind of thing. Like some of these well-known attributes of God, um, these well-known verses that we've traveled with for, if you've been around the church for as long as you've been around the church, um, right? Like coming back to those and, and unearthing them again and finding what, what else is there for me here? Um, I think there can be something really good. Hey, you're reminding me, you know, of a, another, um, point here. And that's just that, you know, for some people, this idea of contemplation is a little scary because it, it seems kind of like a, an Eastern religious idea. Mm. Um, so we don't have time to get into to that whole conversation. But one thing I would say is that, you know, in some kind of Eastern meditations or, or kind of contemplative practices, the idea is to kind of empty your mind of things, okay. 
you know, whereas here in Christian contemplation, we're talking about, you know, filling your mind and your, your heart with God, with Christ and mm. with images of Christ and his beauty and goodness and receiving his love. And so it's, it's very different. Um, and that reminds me of what you were just saying, you know, that, you know, by singing that song or reading that scripture or repeating those breath prayers or whatever, we're actually inviting the presence of, of Christ and kind of filling ourselves with something to reflect on and to ruminate on. So I think mm. that's an important distinction. Yeah. Well, guys, we're almost out of time, but we've done four weeks in this prayer series. Um, and, and I want to just have a brief question conversation about where do we go from here, right? Like if you've been engaging with the series, maybe you've tried some of these practices. Um, how can we let this teaching live on and how can we continue to become a people of prayer to include it in our rule of lives and, and to keep practicing it as we go forward and, and for it to, you know, this time next year to have been something that grows where we, we practice the presence of God differently. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, I think one thing, you know, come to church, uh, you know, we've been pretty intentional over this season of including, uh, different types of prayer within our, our gatherings. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a, a prayer worship night coming up as well. So that's an opportunity corporately to come and kind of experience uh, some of these things in prayer. Yeah. And that's next Sunday at 7 p.m. We're going to be meeting down in the commons, um, be able to put into practice corporately again, some of these things we've been learning these yeah. last week. So join Absolutely. us next Sunday if you can. And then I would just say, you know, personally, I think uh, all these resources are available on the website. And so we can go back you know, we can rewatch the teaching if you want. You can listen to the podcast, but also, you know, you can you can go through those exercises. And so if you've been stalled at some point or maybe you never got started or, you know, whatever it is, you could go back and use those things as a reference point. Yeah. And we've been preaching all along. Like I, I'll say it again this week, like just start slow and, and, and take a small bite to chew on. You know, we don't have to be doing the exercise from week four, you know, on week four. Mm. You know, we, can, we can be going back and doing the exercise from week one or if week one that felt really uncomfortable and didn't fit, week two, whatever. Mm. You know, these are just uh, suggestions that we're making for people to kind of do with what, what works best for them. So I would say go ahead and do that. And if you are a person who has not yet kind of sat down and taken a, an hour or whatever to kind of figure out a bit of a rule of life in this season, then maybe you want to do that. And I'm more than available to, to coach people and meet with them and talk about this. And uh, we've got some workshops coming up in the new year, but this is a chance for you to put prayer or a prayer practice, you know, on your rule of life as a regular rhythm. Yeah. Um, and that could be five minutes. I could start with five minutes, honestly. Okay. Um, and so I think just continue to do that. One other thing, just really quick, I'll say like, if you're in a community group, you know, or if you have a group of people that you gather with, a family, you have dinner together, you meet with people, whatever, ask about this, you know, talk about prayer. How's, how's it going for you? And you know, what's working, what's not working. And, and if it becomes a part of your regular conversation, it's so much more likely to actually yeah. become a part of your regular rhythms as well. Yeah. And I, I know like jumping off of that, you know, if you're in a community group and you can do that there, great. If you're not in a community group for whatever reason, first of all, it'd be great if you did. <laughs> Second of all, like, who do you know at the church? Who do you, who, sure. you know, do you come five minutes early? Do you stay 20 minutes late? Like who can you talk to? Uh, maybe it's your North of 50 group or some other group, or you've got neighbors who even go to a different church. Like, yeah, I, I think you're right. There's something about, um, unpacking these practices in relationship with each other and, and admitting both our successes and our failures that can help us continue to grow. Yeah. hundred so, percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there it is, our prayer series. We're going to wrap it up there. But again, next Sunday night, great opportunity to, to practice this and continue to dig in. Reach out to any of us at any time if you've got questions or, or uh, things that you uh, yeah, want to keep wrestling with here. Uh, but we will be back next week with more Postscript. So we'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Dave.